Word up. Let me just fuck hey. up your mind, please. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Yo. Let me fuck up your mind. Time. Show What's up, y'all? You know, I got to come in the morning, you know, pop on the, the, the music here. That wasn't number bust around. Everything remains raw. Y'all remember the 90s? Yeah. But anyway, listen, I'm here to talk about a couple of things. The Sixers. <laughs> Yo, that was crazy. That was unbelievably crazy right there. I got to come more of a, um appeal to how impressive they look, man. It was just a good game. Everybody talk about Clay Thompson. I'm kind of like, I don't really know. I think a lot of excuses are making basketball. I, I really do. Because they got four all-stars on there. All them guys likely to become Hall of Famers. Draymond Green. Um, he, he may, Let's see if he does, if he keeps doing what he's doing. You know, will he become a Hall of That's probably the only guy. I could him and Clay, you know, if you want to say guys that might have a uh, be having a peak and then you know peak down, but Cousins, Durant, and Curry are all on the floor. There's no way in the world you can sit here and make an excuse to me, and, and unless you're also saying Cousins ain't the guy, because there was a lot of BS being said, a lot of BS, and we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Um, there's no disrespect thing, man. You know, I'm just saying, you know, the analyst, my, my boy's talking. Um, I remember at halftime, Kenny and them was like, yeah, um, the way he's playing, he's saying young buck and Shaq like he's saying young buck this and young buck that. And I can still play better than you coming off this injury. Yeah, all right. Y'all know what happened, right? Y'all saw the game. Y'all saw the first half. I, I was like, are we watching the same game? <laughs> like, I mean... I understand this impressive what he was doing. He had four points and he had five assists. And I, if I believe right, that was the first half, right? So I'm just trying to say, like, what's impressive on the forefront of? I mean, that was it was impressive, but towards going over Embiid, I don't know, maybe because you know, Embiid wasn't really having big. I think he had like seven point six rebounds. First half, something to that nature. You know, they was close. But I just didn't think that that comment, I was like, it ain't make no sense. I mean, he's not doing nothing big to NB like that, you know. That's why NB was waving him off, you know. You see the game. He was trying to, you know, mess with him getting his head, you know, play regular basketball, you know. But the real, um, you know, people mentally, basketball is 90% mental. And some people, like Johnny Juzang told me, he was a honey. You know, when people – you know, you got to force them to put it in that, you know, you don't give them because, you know, it's always physical involved in it, you know. But some people might have that in the back of their mind, like no matter what I can do, it has to be mental at all times. I have to be mentally into it. And, that's you know, you got to understand people. It's good to talk to prospects. If you don't know who Johnny Juzang is, he's going to be in the NBA. Uh, he plays for um, Harvard or Westlake in California. Good player. All right, um, 2020 prospect, five-star. Shooting guard can shoot the lights out. Remember his game at the Johnny uh, at, at the James Harden and Clay Thompson. Now, let's talk about. It. They got the Kings next. All right, Kings is next, so that'll be real good. Sixers are on the roll, man. They're on a super roll, and they just beat the team. It's thirty six and fifteen. At the time, they was thirty six and fifteen. 
Um, unbelievable. I'm just 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 talk about this. I, I just know if you watched the game, it was like, whoa, Philly is. And really, look at the game before, like the last couple of games, the games against Houston, like they are really growing as a team. It's kind of scary because this is one of the teams that will creep up on you. Really, I mean, you don't. I mean, everybody's focused on the Warriors and, and the Celtics, and Toronto. I mean, look at the season as it went on. When Boston was doing bad, I could have sworn Stephen A. was on first take, still trying to make excuses like I still think they're the best team, this and that. And Philly was clearly having a better better record than them and everything, right? Now you get to it and they start talking about the problems of Jason Tatum and Kyrie. And really, they started really emphasizing on it when Kyrie started coming out. People were still trying to make excuses, and they're still trying to say Boston this. They really want to believe what they were seeing, like like I wasn't right. Boston had more experience in the playoffs than Philly all put together. This was their first time together, and they had 52 wins. That was the phenomenon in the playoff win. Wade, I mean, it was guys on Miami that had more playoff experience than Philly. You got J.J. Redick and who, Amir Johnson. Those guys, who else on Philadelphia had playoff experience? Let me see. Let's think. Jerry Bayless. Did he get time? Marco Bellinelli. Let's go. I, I, I think uh, the Ilya Sova ever be in there. Bellinelli had a lot of it. Now, if you look at those guys who had playoff experience, which one of those guys are going to be leaders? Like J.J. Redick is the closest thing you're going to get. He, he's a, he's a sharpshooter. He does his thing. But he he's not going to reflect the game. He's not going to take it upon himself to win the game. He's not going. He's not going to be that type of guy. He's going to be involved. It's not going to be like what Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have to do. They had to lead the team. They were pieces around. So you look at all these other guys with Boston, and they had Isaiah Thomas around guys. And I mean, they had um, Al Horford. You had uh, Jay Crowder. All these guys were making playoffs. You know, Marcus Smart was on the bench with playoffs, guys who played in the playoffs. Marcus Morris, you know, those guys have been in their situation before, and they're guys that's starting. Boom. That's like the J.J. J.J. Reddick, he starts. He starts, he does his thing, but he's not carrying nothing. You know, none of them have. One thing is that you can also knock that out the bud if you got chemistry. You can add a player if you got chemistry among the other players. There was no chemistry. This is Ben Simmons' first time playing on the basketball floor, whether you say he was a rookie or not. This is his first time playing the NBA season. So everything was new. Everything was new. I don't want to hear about running up the court and the practice. No. When the season is a whole different monster. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different dimension. It's just like it's almost the playoffs. It's almost the playoffs, but it's more far away than that. You know, when you don't step on the floor, you're still a rookie. You're still, you know, you still wet behind the ears. You know what I'm saying? So these guys carried this team. Not to mention they was talking about the 17, uh, the 17 game win streak. Remember how bad they was talking about the 17 game win streak? Oh, they ain't playing nobody. They beat Milwaukee the last game. Now everybody talking about how good Milwaukee is, and I really want to wonder to myself. They've taken players away. Who has Milwaukee added? Seriously, like through free agency this year or whatever. I mean, maybe it's somebody, but maybe maybe I forgot who it was. <laughs> I mean, but I, I you know, you hear still about the same people, Chris Middleton, uh, Guinness, uh, Eric Gordon was traded, you know, to get a little bit more chemistry. You know, but Milwaukee also, them guys all played with each other for longer than the Sixers have. All of them. Joel Embiid was, you know, the man the year before, which he didn't get the rookie of the year, which was dumb. Now everybody should see that was a dumb choice because he didn't play. Like he's not going to be able to play that many games. He should have got rookie of the year. It was retarded. That was so retarded. 
Joel Embiid should have been rookie of the year that year. It should have been Brogdon. Talking about because he didn't have to play it. He was already the impact player in his games more than he played. They were saying that in terms of they don't think MB gonna be able to play. People really doubted if MB could play that long. Now it's no doubt. So now it's like you should go and go to Malcolm Brogdon's house and have snatch that NBA and give it to MB. You think that was worth come on? How you put a stipulation on a man that can play, but he's being restricted. He's being restricted. He didn't say I won't want to play. He didn't get hurt. He's being restricted. He's playing what he's supposed to play. So just based off that and his impact, he should have got rookie of the year. So that was crazy. Then Ben Simmons, I mean, well, that was a good that was a good one. I think Tatum didn't matter in that because I feel like Tatum was shooting good for the time he got. I mean, but he wasn't doing what Simmons was doing. He wasn't doing what Mitchell was doing. Now, when he got to the playoffs, you saw a different person. But you don't – I feel like, in my opinion, if the if the award ain't given, like, right before the playoffs, then the playoffs should judge the rookie. So, I think in that matter, let me take a little bit. I don't think he should have been second or first, Jason Tatum. I, should, I think he should have been third in the ranking because in the playoffs, he showed a whole bunch of different – I think you rate the whole season. That's how, that's how I think you do it. Don't say that's why it's called postseason and season. Some people are probably going to say that. If you want to be dumb and say that, they both got season on them. Okay? You know, but um, I feel like, in all honesty, I feel like um, the Sixers really, really played good defense more than anything to me. I think I was more impressed with that. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the breakdown of scoring and all that. I got I got some some guys to throw at y'all as far as draft again. I, I guess we're rocking to that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? We're rocking to that. I feel like um, prospects is something to talk about. And a little switch, this switch, you know what I mean? Just We're going to talk about it, man. I'm, I'm, I got some things. I want, I want to get y'all opinions on it. So um, when we come back. We'll definitely, definitely, definitely talk about that great, 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 great Sixer. I'm just excited. This is a great win, y'all. Let me stop. Listen, it was just a great win. And it proves they're a team that can be elite. So when we come back, we will definitely talk more about uh, the Sixers uh, game and break down what who did what it means and the progress and also Shake Milton. We'll be back right after this.
We back. Follow the leader podcast. We are more on some sixes radio right now. Just dynamic toward their whole assumption of this game. Now let's just jump to to the game to stats. Big thing, Wilson Chandler. I really feel like he is gonna. He does his job for one. Okay, two for five from the three point line, three for six from the field, eight points. Three assists, two rebounds. He does his job, plays good defense, active. I mean, he's not going to – in Denver, he had much more of a bigger role. He had to do so much to, you know, had to really play. You know, he's playing his role. He's playing the good. When you think of a guy and you and, and you don't pay attention to him, he hits two three-pointers on you, you know. So, you got to watch out, and he gives you trouble. The 21 minutes. Joel Embiid, 26-20, okay? Man had eight turnovers. It was it was a little bit of sloppy play. You know, Philly, you know, um, at times, listen, the Warriors was coming back, getting them, getting them, but Philly clawed back. Philly was down like, what, um, seven, eight points? I think it was 10 points at one time. I mean, they it was down for a minute, wasn't even, didn't even have the lead. The next thing you know, Philly had the lead and they kept the lead. And I was just like, okay, once we got to the fourth quarter, I was like, okay, now Philly got to do it. And really, it was a, um, they kept the lead. Real close. I mean, they basically kept the lead the same as it was rolling out the third quarter. When they ended the third quarter, they kept the lead the same because it was eighteen to eighteen in the fourth quarter. They both scored eighteen points in the fourth quarter. They, they, they. they I mean, you start the game off, and Golden State starts the game thirty-five to thirty in the first quarter. All right, then it becomes twenty-five to twenty-three. But as you see, it's sixty to fifty-three. You know, by halftime. So the Warriors is on them. You know, the water the Warriors is on them. Then you look at the 42 to 26 outburst by Philly. Not only that, it was 26 points. Like they held them, they scored their points and they held the Warriors. Then it was 18 to 18 in the four. They both had 18 points four quarters. And there you go. 113 to 104. Crazy, crazy game. Good game. Like a playoff game, but it was still some sloppy play from both teams. I don't know some uh, who knows kicking it last night. I don't know, but it was some real sloppy plays in Philly that I'm glad they got back. Jimmy Butler just did not look, you know, remotely in it. But at the same time, Jimmy Butler might have had seven points and was three for twelve from the field, zero for five three point line. But Jimmy Butler had nine rebounds, six assists, two steals. Played good defense. That's what matters. Like Jimmy couldn't score, he can defend. Like, if you look at it, he almost had a (laughs) triple-double, you know, but it's just crazy. Like, Butler really adds something to that team. He's going to do something. J.J. Redick had 15, of course, four for two people. He had the game-ending Trey Ball. That was just wonderful, wonderful. Man's all, he lit, man. As the crowd says, he was definitely, he's always lit. He has the sixes on point. That veteran, he's the one veteran who's so important to Philly. I just want him to come back next year. Sign him to another one-year deal. You can't let Reddick not end his career six. I just, sorry. Now, the guy that had a plus 10 rating, right? Plus 10. He had the, and that plus 10 was the second best rating on the team. Eleven Plus 11 was Landry Shamit. Plus 10, Jonah Bowden had eight points, five rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Two for three from the three-point line. Jonah Bolton needs more time. In 14 minutes, he looked, he was, I don't think the Warriors are surprised. Who was this Bolton guy? Who was, 
representing Australia. Know the talent is real in Australia. He was a five-star at UCLA. Went overseas. Was good over there. He's a real talent. 6'11", seven-foot wingspan. This dude is for real. Get him more time. He pl- 30 minutes a game, it's be scary what he could do. I mean, I know Brett Brown is seeing the talent of Jonah Bolden. Seriously, man. I think he should be in there over Chandler. But Chandler's a vet. I don't, Brown's not going to do that. I think next year. It's going to be something next year, man. Philly, Philly's scary. Now, Mike Muscow had five points. Uh, he played some defense, too. Two assists. He had one block on Curry. There was something. Uh, three rebounds. Uh, Landry Samet, uh, big best rating of the whole night. Ten points. Three assists, you know, three for four from three-point line. I mean, he did one defensive play on the other end, got the ball, then threw it up. I mean, Landry is confident, man. He's something else. And then you look at um, four points for Brewer and McConnell. You know, they play good defense, which is all around. You know, four points at the end. I mean, you look at, uh, what's that, um, 31 points off the bench. That's big, man. Now, I know I haven't been saying one guy's name because you got to come back to the man, the man with the plan, the player of the game, in my opinion, no matter what. Had a plus nine. Just like Butler. Listen, 26 points, eight rebounds, six assists, three steals. Got him a block in there. Six for nine from the free throw line. That's important because, you know, he the, the three that he missed, I was cringing. I was... Because I want him to be, if you're going to be a guy that's not taking jump shots, you have to hit your free throw shots. And he did. Um, Five offensive rebounds. How about that? 10 for 13 from the field. And 38 minutes. Listen, Ben Simmons stepped up against an elite team. Garden Curry. Curry was doing what he had to do, you know. 41 points. Whew. But he didn't just guard Curry because, you know, if he did, I don't really think that would have happened. Now with 610, been on you. But you need Ben to do more. Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. Ben had his turn with everybody, giving everybody trouble. I mean, those two guys, you know, he, he guarded Curry sometime. He guarded um excuse me, he guarded Curry, Durant, and Green. And did a good job. Green really couldn't do nothing. And Green couldn't do nothing with him. Green had four points, 35 minutes, man. Yeah, just 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Okay, there you go. Play your defense. But what you couldn't do, you couldn't guard Ben. Durant had 25 points. Okay. Let him shoot his little thing there. Alfonso McKinney. Okay, you look, he look good. Guy look good. Yeah, I mean, he missed one free throw. That's it all night. Five for five. DeMarcus Cousins. Sure, they was, listen, he couldn't do nothing against them sixes. Nothing. You just let Curry shoot. Curry shooting behind uh, trash cans. He just shooting from everywhere. Shooting over skyscrapers. He just hitting. He, uh, <laughs> Curry. But it was shots that he hit near the end that he couldn't hit near the end. You know, and, and, and look, it don't look like that, do you? 10 for 18 from three. Wow. Everybody, whoa, 14 for 27. But at 41, still got him to lose by nine. Cousins, even Durant's 25 wasn't when it was time for them to hit a shot. Philly was in their face. They was missing key shots. Philly, that the last second possessions. You know, then the bench ain't as good. And the one thing about the Warriors, the bench ain't as good as it used to be. 
I mean, it's just not, man. Okay, let's talk about these drafts, man. Let's talk about where the Sixers could possibly end up drafting. Um, Draft.net says they're um, 25 a game. I mean, 25, 25th pick, they'll take Kobe White. And I'm seeing that um, possibly Chris, Chris Wilkes is close to him. Kevin Porter, they got them at 20. I'm just looking at a couple of guys that, and, and where they're at right now. It looks like that um, guys like Charles Bassey, I'm, I'm looking in the lottery now. Just looking at some guys. And um, down below, you got other guys. I mean, this draft is different. It really is different. You don't know really where they're going to go, who, who they're going to, the Sixers are going to think about picking near the end, depending on who's down there. Jalen Smith is another guy with excellent potential. Interviewed the kid um, out of Baltimore. He's he's something something special place for Merlin. Um, looking at Eric Holman, Chuma Okiki, and um, other guys like Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal is available, and he's moving up. Like he's just becoming good again. He's doing this thing. He's going to be in the first round now because he's efficient. Eric Pascal's proficient. He's efficient. So. And Phil Booth is another guy. I mean, I don't know if we're going to want him at the time, but, you know, he's another guy that's going to move up. Naz Reed is a um, a player like, you know, I'm just getting to speculate and look at some things. and You know, um, Naz Reed is a big-time talent. I, I see him as a lottery pick. I see him as a lottery pick. Lugens Dort is another shooting guard. Uh, O'Shea Brissett is a guy that could be available around there. An athletic guy that could pass, that could give Philly something. You know, uh, Jalen Noel. You know, but he's a he's another guard. He's, he's just impressive though. Um, Jalen McDaniel's. He's another guy. Marcus uh, Howard, another guard. That it's a guard. It's been a guard time recently. You know, it's been one of those. P.J. Washington. He's another guy that. I feel like it would be good with Philly. He's going to score. He can he can come up on. He can rise. He can rise up and dunk on your post up rise. You he can um good rebounder, physical player. Philly would love him. You know, Brandon Clark is another guy that I see that that Philadelphia could add to a team like this. Athletic, strong. They're good at playing defense. Keep it in that circle. Don't come out of it. Um, certain guys, Brian Bowen. Charles Matthews, maybe put him at the three. Who knows? He's six six. Um, Dedrick Lawson is a guy I feel like should be a first round draft pick. Now that's that's a perfect fit for Philly. They're a good drafting team. They're a real good drafting team, you know. So you look at where a lot of these guys are. Uh, KZ Akpala out of Stanford is a guy that you can see at 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan at a defensive guy in Philly. Grant Williams, love his game. Absolutely love his game. Think he is a real good, fine player there. I mean, big surprise because I didn't think Tennessee was going to be this good, man. And in the season, you got with a guy, team that league, you got to start watching them and seeing who won it. You know, and Daniel Gafford is another guy I could see Philadelphia going for. I, 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 you know, that's one of the guys I'm a favorite of. Um, 
He's a seven two wings, seven two wingspan, six eleven. I mean, evolving offensive game. I think you watch out for him to become a, a all star in the NBA. I mean, I think if he evolves and he can, you know, and he can play that defense, he could be a guy to make a couple of all star games in the NBA. I don't know about perennial, but he'll be a productive player for a long time, and he'll make a couple of all star games. Tyler Hero. Yeah, um, the comparison to Rex Chapman is big. I think he can go to Philly, but will they keep him? Keep him and put him on the wing. Just put shooters out there. That's the thing about Philly. You look at him and uh, you look at how he plays. The 6'10", wing, uh, 6'10 wingspan is good enough for a guard to be a guy to set up to let him play good team defense, put him at, um, at the three position. Where Ben Simmons passing the ball, it doesn't matter when you got Ben as the point guard and you got a shooter on the floor. He can do that. You know, he can he can make that happen. Uh, Moses Brown's a guy. Uh, he's a center, but maybe a backup. Maybe put Justin Pan- Pan- Justin Patton at power forward. Who knows? Chris Wilkes is always a guy I always said that's a favorite pick of mine for the Sixers to get. Chris Wilkes can shoot that rock. 6'8", 200 at UCLA. He can definitely shoot it. Knee shooters. I like him. Um. There's going to be a couple of guys that, you know, right now, um, Siku Diamboya, it was uh, the number one international guy coming out of this draft. And now he's kind of, he's went down. He's went down in the draft. So you're looking at some guys, it's going to be some foreign guys coming through that's going to get a long look. So watch out for that. Um, Kobe White is another guy. He is just, he can play. He can definitely play basketball. I'm just looking at this team, and I know that, uh, you know, they have a, you know, real good system. Jackson Hayes is another guy that maybe he can come in at the four position. Bruno Fernando is another guy. Maybe he can come in. Um, But I'm just giving you, Guys that they could get Bruno Fernando, if the people don't know who Jackson, Jackson Hayes, I'm sorry, went right past Texas Center, 6'11, 227, three wingspan. Put him, you know, we need defense, so maybe get a big body for that. These are just maybe guys. Bruno Fernando out of Merlin, 7'4, wingspan, 6'10, 245. You know, these are just guys that you could put into space, but the guys I'm thinking about Daniel Gifford, Chris, Chris Wilkes, okay, um, Grant Williams. Those are the top three guys I see Philly. And Romeo Langford. Listen, if Romeo Langford to really look at where Romeo Langford could be, uh, I'm looking at him as a lottery. If he can move down in the way uh, NBA draft room, Mike draft from says uh, to 26 ranked prospect, I think Romeo Langford is going to be in a lottery. I just think he's set for it. But, you know, right now we'll see how that goes. There's a lot of good players on this floor. And uh, John Tay Porter is an interesting pick. He might slip down. I don't think he stays in the first round. I think he slips down to the second round. I really think he slips down to the second round. I really do. Um, want to put on some second round prospects. Jalen McDaniels is a guy I'm looking at. I really want to see what type of player he's going to become. Looking at, uh, you know, his brother Jaden has just scored 50. Just scored 50. His brother, Jaden, has just been killing the game in high school. 
And like I've told people, same thing with Isaiah Mobley, the reason why Jaden is that good because he played with a brother who's also a big-time player. You know, I mean, he was already that type of guy. He was already built for that. Already built for it. So he learned from his brother, just like even Mobley learned from Isaiah Mobley. They, they evolve. You know, you get better once you learn something, like you get the same. He was, uh, but his brother's a five-star. He was a four-star, man. Number four out of Washington. Number 120th in the nation. I mean, he has the definite potential to be um, a good player. And something to watch, too. He's, he's scoring 16.5 a game, 8.5 rebounds, and 2.6 assists. So he's a guy you could really see blending in with Philly as a power forward. Jalen McDaniels is a guy to look for, you know. We're just trying to look at some guy. If they keep these picks, we got to listen. The, they don't really care. They got three picks to throw around. You got two picks in 2021. You got a pick in 2020 and and a pick in 2019. Not to mention the 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 two handfuls of second-round prospects Philly always tends to keep. Jaden McDaniels is averaging uh, 48% from the field right now. And shooting 31% from three. He's trying those threes. You know, 74% from the free throw line. He'll get better and better. As time rolls on, but he's a guy to look for with Philly. His brother, like I said, Jaden is number one in the 2020 draft. It's crazy. Your brother will be number one next year. You could be writing this year. Like, it's crazy. If we want to be totally, totally honest, uh, like I said, the Eric Pascal, the P.J. Washington, the Jalen McDaniel, them guys, Lucas Samniak, guys like that are guys you look for to be, you know. Sagabai Kanadi uh, of West Virginia, Sagabai Kanadi, Brandon Clark, you know, Ty Jerome, you know, a shooting guard. Maybe you can put him at – if you can put one of these shooting guards at the three, which they could happen because – all you want is shooters around Ben Simmons. So you're going to be just like when they put Wilson Chandler at the four. And you just want shooters around Ben Simmons. So that's that. That's big in that regard. But um, that's it. If I had to go ahead and do my top guys I want Philly to get, it's Eric Pascal, Jalen McDaniels, Brandon Clark. All right, that's one guy, Brandon Clark, Chris Wilkes. And I would have to say, let's see, if I have to go and say another guy, there's Brandon Clark, Chris Wilkes, Eric Pascal, Jalen McDaniels. Those are four guys right there that I feel like. Uh, P.J. Washington's another one. You get a guy that can play, and we'll talk about him in just a minute. I said Tyler Hero. Yes, I still say Tyler Hero because Tyler Hero can shoot. You know, you put him at the three and any off the bench, and you got a shooter coming. And remember, we're not looking for no shooters. Looking for a guy. This depth now. I mean, we're just looking for guys that can play. Grant Williams, another guy. That's another name to go with. He can do it all. He can shoot inside, outside. He can do it all. So those are my guys. Those are my guys. And um, if I want to be clear and be absolutely clear on. 
who the best prospect I think I would want right now for him. For I mean, for excuse me, for what the heck, for um the Sixers along with Ben Simmons. I think Grant Williams is a real good player to look for because let's just, you know, I like Jalen McDaniels. I, I was about to say him. And I, I think Eric Pascal and Grant Williams, they're, they're, they're experienced and they're guys that can shoot from inside and outside. Philly likes defense and three-pointers, like Villanova. <laughs> like, like they like defense. And if you want to know what Grant, Grant Williams is having an unbelievable year. I mean, unbelievable. That game he had with 43 just lets you know what type of player he is. He's shooting 57% from the field. 32% from the three-point line right now. All right, but he's going to shoot that 82% from the free throw line. He's a tough guy, 1.3 steals, 1.6 blocks. You get a guy like that, you need a forward that can come out and score from the inside, mid-range. He'll be a guy that's going to score. 20 points, 7 rebounds, 3.4 assists. You got an all-around game. But Eric Pascal is almost super perfect. He can play defense. He can jump out the sky. I, I mean, I've been saying this too. But Chris Wilkes is the next guy I like at 6'8". Six, 6'8", eight. Six, eight, you know, Chris Wilkes and Pascal are the two guys who um, – because we're looking at guys that can shoot. We're looking at guys that can do both on the floor. Eric Pascal is having – at first I was like, wow, he's going down. He was having a bad, you know, struggle season. And then you look and now look at him. All right, Eric Pascal is averaging 17 a game this year. Six rebounds, two assists. Shooting 45% from the field and 37% from the three-point line, 70% from the free throw line. That type of rotation you need. A guy, when you pass it to him, he's going to play a 6'8", 255. He can munch on you. He'll be perfect for Philly. He can play three or the four. Perfect for Philly. All right? Grant Williams is the next guy. He might be the third guy. Seeing Chris Wilkes, when you see this guy play and see how he can shoot, he would be another marksman for Philly. We need a marksman in this draft. We need a guy that can shoot. Look for the best shooter in this draft you can find. And I feel like Philly should do that. Or a guy who can play both, like Pascal, he can shoot. But you're looking at him, he's shooting 33% from the three-point line. But Chris Wilkes is a way better shooter than that. He's scoring 17.6 a game, 4.8 rebounds. He's a way better shooter than that through 33%. Just like you look at Grant Williams. These guys can play and they can shoot from the three-point line. Playing with Brett, it'll only make them better. And once again, I got to say, I'm trying to judge them between these guys and, you know, who's good and who's better. And that's what I get. Um, Tyler Hero, a guy like him and what he can bring to the table what he's doing for Kentucky, what he's able to show. He's having 13 points a game, four assists right now. Shooting 33% from three-point line. This is not what these guys are about. They're not shooting. Cameron Reddish, if, if there's anybody I would like to trade for and we just go get him, it would be Cameron Reddish. Zion Williams is too high. He's too high. But, you know, Cameron Reddish, yeah. You know, I think you can reach him, especially the year he's having. People are not going to see. He can be able to slip down. Because I think Cameron Reddish, I think by the time the combine comes and Cameron Reddish is going to go up there. People are going to see what they're talking about. Once a guy that can shoot and do what he can do, it's going to be something. But Zion Williamson, I think he'll be the number one pick. 
you know, I think the top three, top four, five would be ready. If, if Philly can, but Philly won't be able to make that trade to go up. That's not going to happen. But once again, I'm just going to tell everybody my people. I feel like Grant um, Eric Pascal is number one for his what he can do defensively and shoot, and then it's uh, Chris Wilkes. All right, and then I think Grant Williams, no doubt, is a good guy. The sleeper is Jonte Porter. That is the sleeper. And then I like Daniel Gafford. That's another guy. That's four. Four guys I like for Philly. Um, he's one of the top 20 players in this draft. Where can he fall? Could they possibly trade up to get him? If you're talking about trading up. But if you stay where you are, Chris Wilkes and uh, Jonte Porter and, and um, Tyler Hero and Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal is my number one. So we out of here, y'all. Once again, Fowler Leader talked about the Sixers. Here we go again. On the second, they play the Kings. That's going to be a game. You know, Kings are tough this year. Bad teams that was bad uh, ain't so runovers this year. And that's one of them. But Harry Giles, Marvin Bagley, and De'Aaron Fox should be good. So I'll see y'all next time on Fowler the Podcast for the Sixers Radio. Um, follow me on Twitter. Um, follow me on Instagram. And follow me and like my page on, on Facebook, Leader Johnson. All right, look me up, Lita Johnson. You're going to find me. All right, out, y'all.